Welcome back to another episode here in the choir room as we are finally at the very end of season three. I know we are just as sad as you are. Uh, some of you may not be so sad. I don't know. We uh, have a lot of good stuff coming up, but we have got to close the book on season three. Say goodbye to these seniors once and for all. Nationals is over. It's nothing left to do besides graduate and say some goodbyes, as is the title of the episode. We have a special guest with us today. Before we bring him in, of course, let me welcome in Aman. Aman, how you doing today? I am good. Uh, we made it, guys. I feel like we've had to say that for like the past three episodes because they've all been landmark episodes. You got prom, you got nationals, now you got graduation. And with graduation comes the end of season three. Matt, we have now reached the end of three seasons of podcasting. Can you believe it? Yes, and we started, what, like three months ago? We sped through this, which a lot of people like to, uh, to I don't know if it's making fun of us or, or just commending us, and maybe it's a, a, probably a little bit of both that we are flying through this, but uh, when we look back in a couple of years on our quarantine and the craziness of 2020, and we remember that we rewatched Glee and did hours and hours of podcasting about it, I think I'll feel good about it, so hopefully you are feeling the same. No, I will certainly feel good about it. I mean... We are almost like halfway done at this point, right? Because I think we did the math a couple episodes back, and I think like the halfway mark was like 60 episodes, and now with season three in the books, we've done 66 episodes. It's not, that's not even including all of the uh, mid-season things and the, the, uh, the, the season recaps, and so like we are... We're going through it, y'all. We're doing it. So if you have anything to, 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 to throw shade at, say it to my face. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yes. And, uh, of course, let's bring in our special guest for this episode. Aman, why don't you bring in our special guest for this episode, being as uh, you recently played a game of sequester with this guy. I did. I played sequester. What is it? Is it a month? Two months ago? Oh, my God. What is time? I played a while back with this guy. Got a chance to meet him. Uh, I actually got a chance to like talk with him before the game even started. We did some pre-gaming together, and we both made it pretty far. In the, and we both made it to the final four. Um, so we are bringing in Corey Cool. How are you today? Hello. Thanks for having me. Corey, welcome to the choir room. We are so excited to have you here. Uh, I obviously, uh, the way this all ended up happening very quickly is I just saw you on Twitter making a tweet to Kevin McHale the other day, and I said, no way. Uh, we've got to make this happen, and uh, here you are. It was like three days later. So, Corey, you're a Glee fan, and uh, that's why you're here, obviously. Uh, tell us about your experience watching this show, even though it was only one time. Well, thank you for having me in the choir room. My high school did not have a choir, so I've never been in a choir room before. Wow. Um, <laughs> which is probably a good thing because I'm not the best singer. But um, I was obsessed with Glee when it came out. I watched, um, I vividly remember watching the like series premiere and like instantly being hooked. Um, I feel like some of my friends watched it like the first season, first two seasons and dropped off. And I was that lone person who watched it every week when it came out live, tweeted about it all the time, felt like I was talking to myself. 
But here we are. Yes, I've never rewatched it, but you guys are really encouraging me to do so. And while we're all in quarantine, I mean, why not? It's been a lot of fun. And uh, anybody who has started a rewatch along with us, I think, has enjoyed it. So uh, I'm hopeful that that uh, ends up working out for you, especially because we are hoping, you know, you'll come back on at some point later in the series. But uh, yeah, we're here at the end of season three. Uh, When you rewatch the episode, did everything, all the memories come flooding back to you? Oh, certainly. Uh, (laughs) I definitely I was like getting excited seeing people reminiscing about the Glee project, you know, all those fun things. Yes. And uh, how uh, overall question, how's uh, how's life been? How's your quarantine been? If uh, if I didn't like properly, properly, if we didn't, you know, get the full introduction in. If you guys don't know Corey uh, just by name, Corey has been on The Amazing Race, uh, two seasons of it, did pretty well both times. Um, Not a big Amazing Race guy. Like in terms of like the super fan status, like Big Brother and Survivor, but definitely watch each season. And of course, uh, Corey and his partner on both seasons, Tyler, uh, were standouts both times. Corey does a podcast. Uh, What's the name of the podcast? Um, Psychobabble. I host it with Tyler, my best friend, who uh, I did The Amazing Race with. Um, We've been doing it for, I mean, it started in 2014. We took a little bit of a hiatus a couple of times uh, when we like when we were filming the amazing race um but yeah new episodes every tuesday yes and uh, you guys have been recording all throughout quarantine just uh trying to find things to talk about we have i mean the show our show's always just been topical about what's going on in the world and it, a lot of it is like pop culture and celebrity gossip and that sort of thing but um yeah i mean quarantine's happened and it's it's been nice cuz it's still i don't know our show's always kind of flowed with whatever's going on in the world and it's been nice to have like check-in calls with my best friend this is probably the longest we've ever gone without seeing each other in person since knowing each other but yeah we're hanging in there show's still doing great um we had one of our friends come on uh, about a month ago and she did a a really great episode um, where we talked all about black lives matter and um, talking about race and how you can be a better ally Um, that was super important so you can check that out if you want to look at anything i would say that's probably the best episode we've done in a very long time I have to ask, I mean, if you guys talk about pop culture and all this kind of stuff, uh, has Leah Michelle come up in the last couple months? Tyler did bring up Leah Michelle in the whole uh, <laughs> the, the whole scandal. Uh, we did discuss it briefly, uh, I think a few weeks ago, which is funny because Tyler was never the gleek that I am. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was pretty heartbreaking, especially for Amon, who uh, Rachel Berry is his number one character in the show. Listen, really? It's, it's been a very, very, very tough three months, okay? Especially within the past month. I mean, we knew that Leah Michelle was up to some shit, but now, just to learn the magnitude of it all, it's really disheartening. It's really made me uh, question my standship for Rachel Berry. But I'm hoping that it's still somewhere deep down, because I'm trying to separate the character from the actress. So we'll see. Maybe in season four, I'll start liking her more. But yeah, it's been... <laughs> it's been rough <laughs> rough road for you yes yeah the stories have have not been uh too fun as they've been coming out i mean i guess it slowed down a little bit after that first initial post um but i mean <laughs> can't won't be surprised if more pops up along the way uh as her career maybe eventually continues at some point you know post pregnancy who knows but speaking of that was uh you know so aman's favorite character is rachel in the show mine is santana Corey, do you uh do you have a favorite oh. character that sticks out over the oh over the entire course of the show I can't believe you're going to do this to me. Um, (laughs) God, that's so hard. They're all so great. I really love Mercedes. I don't know how you can't. Um, I really love uh, Alex Newell's character, Unique. Gosh, they're all so great. Well, you got to choose one. 
I have to pick one. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you can give oh us two God. if you want. You're uh, just like, fine, no, fine, no, fine, Matt, fine. don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I find I'm gonna go with unique, and um, I'll just say Alex Duel because I love Alex so much. I love that. Yeah, Unique has been on uh, her her two episodes so far this season with obviously a lot more to come uh, yes. in the coming season. So that's uh, a solid pick. I don't think she's come up just yet. Uh, do you have any experience, uh, you know, run, running into any of these guys? You do live. Uh, well, no, you're in San Francisco, right? Not L.A. Yeah, I, I lived in L.A. for three years and I actually okay. uh, met Kevin McHill when I was living there. And we're actually, I'd say, friends now. Um Oh, shit. And cool. it, it was weird. Uh, I mean, that's why you saw my tweet when I was tweeting at him. <laughs> um, it's weird because when I met Kevin, it was right when I moved to L.A. And I was such a Glee fan. And like, I didn't want to tell him when I met him because I never want to be that person. <laughs> and we went to a Betty Who concert and then went back to Kevin's house after the concert and hung out with him and his friends. And that's when I met him and became friends with him. Um but I don't think I've ever really had like a heart to heart conversation with them about how much I enjoy Glee. Did he have the mustache back then? No, I've never mustache seen Kevin in a mustache. Is it new? Is that what he's rocking now? That's what I feel like I'm seeing. Yeah, I was just, no, yeah. I was just so excited that he didn't have Artie Abrams hair in person when I met oh him. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was like the biggest discovery. I mean, it was like, you know, a couple of years ago, I think the news were picking up things like, I mean, you know, just Kevin had been out to uh, be a bunch of people on set. He talks about this on his podcast, uh, you yeah. know, Showman's with uh, with Jenna. And just once the news picked that up and he started coming, like his picture started getting back into the news for the first time since the Glee cycle. And everyone was like, holy shit, this guy's hot. We thought he was just rolling around in a wheelchair with this funky hair, uh, Bieber haircut that. Yeah. So that was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <on that> <laughs> But uh, that's awesome. So yeah, um, maybe uh, maybe someday we'll get all four of us on a, on a call. Uh, I doubt oh my it. God. Kevin's too busy, but he's uh, he's off recapping season two. They just started, I believe, today maybe um, over there. So yeah, they're going at a much more reasonable pace while we are flying through the show. So. Um, yeah, let's just get right into this episode. Lots to talk about here, and Corey, I'm sure we'll get a lot of your thoughts throughout uh, from all of these people that we're about to send off onto the next chapter of their lives. Um, I figured I would kind of reset for everybody in case anyone is, you know, um, needs a reminder here as we are getting ready to say goodbye to some characters. The seniors that we are presented with at the top of the episode keep that in mind uh rachel barry mercedes jones santana lopez noah puckerman Brittany s pierce quinn fabray finn hudson kurt hummel and mike chang uh the juniors that will be remaining in the glee club at this point are Artie, tina joe sam rory sugar and blaine so that's where where we are at a lot of these got set up during the season of people that you know we weren't sure what they were and they just kind of figured it out along the way who was going to stay for next season to be in the school, who was going to be sent off and uh, creating their new path. So we're going to open this episode up with Will Schuster walking down the hallway and he hears the infamous performance of sit down, you're rocking the boat. And I'm on, uh, I'm not sure for like a second. I was confused. I was like, are we back in the old time? Or are we, cause they mixed in a little bit of the older scenes with, they were actually performing this in real time uh, for the older kids, uh, for the kids that weren't the OGs. So we got to uh, call back to this number. I loved this scene uh, back in high school. Whenever we had rehearsals for spring break, we'd pretty much like break into the school um, and we'd be there from like 
from like 8 o'clock a.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. And there would always be like a time, like around lunchtime, when we were all just sort of like chilling around, not rehearsing, that a bunch of like the seniors and the upperclassmen would get together and then start performing numbers from musicals past. And it was always so inspiring to see as like a, as a freshman and as a sophomore to see these older kids perform stuff that you'd never seen and like see sort of like the legacy of of the musical theater program. So when I watched this, it reminded me so much of that and it just warmed my heart because they really have come a long way because that number was trash, okay? <laughs> to see where they are now, I mean, they had like Artie, like they pushed Artie like in, in his wheelchair and everything, like going all over the place and Rachel Berry was doing the utmost. I mean, she still is in a lot of ways and the choreography was just strange as shit. The song choice was just strange. But that to now... And how much they've grown, and the fact that they still remember that. I mean, it's only been three years, but still, like it's it was really really cool to see. <laughs> yeah, uh, we talk, Corey. We talk a lot about our our experiences in high school. Both of us were kind of theater kids in one way or another. Uh, you said that you weren't much of a singer, or maybe you aren't. Uh, what was your thing in high school? Um, I always ran track and cross country. I mean, we had my the school I went to was very very small. I graduated with forty two people in my senior class. Um, and so we didn't have a lot of like funding and that sort of thing. We did have a theater department, but they would put on like one like really budget show each year. And I was in that um, every year as well. But it was <laughs> it was very like make do with what you have. Hey, that was us. That was us, too, honey. Our director, that was her motto. She always said, like, we're going to make shit shine. OK, so. Yeah, we would like every uh, I was in the show every year. My in high school and every year you like so few people tried out that each of us had to play multiple parts within the shows that we were doing literally that's how small it was that's how like disinterested people were (laughs) that's uh yeah we had we we didn't have like a million people audition for our shows but there was definitely like one to two people in competition for like specific roles so oh no if if you tried out you were making it at my (laughs) school (laughs) they were missing you you're you're it was like mr shoe like whoever tries out gets in yes exactly (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Mr. Shu, he is going to be giving them the assignment for this week. There's nothing else to prepare for. He's telling them that our work here is done. All that's left to do is say goodbye, which he's going to write up on the board. He tells the underclassmen to prepare songs for the seniors and the seniors to prepare songs for the underclassmen. He grabs his guitar and says he's going to lead by example. This one's for you guys. And he kicks off the episode with a performance of Forever Young. The kids are watching with, you know, emotion filled faces, just sad. Sadness and uh, you see a lot of little, you know, tear jerker kind of things, whatever. Um, Corey, what is your take on this opening number? And uh, I guess takes on Will Schuster in general, a pretty controversial <laughs> character. I mean, I was never a huge Will fan. I mean, even since the show's been off, I've had tweets that are like, thank God Glee's not on an- anymore and we don't have to hear <laughs> Will Schuster do like uh, Drake or anything. Um Rewatching it, I don't know. It was definitely uh, had some like cheesy moments that I remembered, but I, I liked the as you were saying, like the flashback moments that they did at the beginning, as well as a couple other moments that we'll get to throughout the episode. I'm a sucker for that like sentimental stuff when they do flashback to kind of show their trajectory of where they started out and where they went. And uh, Aman, we've I've asked you this a million times, and I never remember the answer. Uh, what class? What year did you graduate? 2012. We were the same year. We were the same year. Corey, what year were you? A few years before that, <laughs> 2003. Three? Three. I'm older than I look. No way. 
I am I am shocked. Well, I was going to say, uh, 2012 <laughs> is the same year that the Glee kids graduate. I honestly would have expected that you were going to say like 2010, 11, or 12. Thank um, you. He's got those good <laughs> genes. He's got those good genes, honey. Thank you. Yeah, I look great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Amon, any takes on this performance as we uh, kick off things with Will? I mean, it's cute and it's great and everything. I... I I feel like I got enough of Will Schuster in the episode prior, and a piece of me was like my finger was just itching to press the uh, little ten second fast forward button on on Netflix just to get to the song. I was like, oh wait, I have to be able to talk about the song, so I can't do that. It's cute, <laughs> but I mean, it's just I can only Mr. Shoe doesn't need to sing too much to me. You know what I mean? I'll, sometimes I'm like, I'd, I'd rather you rap than sing because at least that's a little bit more entertaining. But yeah, this is cute. It's cute. That's all I can say. Yes. <laughs> So uh, we're going to get this throughout this episode a couple of different highlights on some of the seniors that are uh, heading out. A couple of we're going to start off here with Kurt, who is going to give us a little monologue as we get started about how he first, you know, when he first got to McKinley, he was afraid to make eye contact. He didn't share what was in his heart. He was in the closet. Uh, most days he was also in the dumpster. But McKinley made him stronger, more socially conscious, uh, fa- a fashion forward person. And uh, he also feels like he kind of maybe played a part in making it possible for some younger gays all over Lima to be themselves in public. He's like, not bad, uh, not bad, not a bad legacy for someone who once pretended to be in lust with Rachel Berry. So I wouldn't have to date Mercedes Jones. Uh, Of course, we all remember uh, Buster Windows. So he says, if I can just get through the next few days uh, without turning into a hot mess, teary train wreck, then uh, then then he'll be good. So he's going to get called into the auditorium by his dad. Bert Hummel is stopping by the school and he has a bit of a gift for Kurt. Uh, we already saw a couple episodes ago Bert being really sappy about how sad he was going to be to lose Kurt. You know, your relationship, the relationship, I guess, was just never going to be the same as exactly what it is now after Kurt goes off to New York. And he's pretty upset about that. And he's talking about how, you know, when your mom passed, I really tried to be both and do everything and, you know, keep things going for both of us. Uh, long story short, he's giving Kurt a little bit of a gift here, which is going to completely embarrass Kurt. Uh, he's going to get going with a performance of Single Ladies with Brittany and Tina backing up. And Corey, like you just said, uh, a lot a lot of callbacks to early stuff from the show. What do you think of uh, of all this? I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, rewatching this episode reminded me of, especially after we just said how much older I am than you guys. When I went to high school, like literally nobody was out. No one at my high school was gay. So I think that is like, I think Kurt's character and just the representation in general that Glee had, I think is something that drew me to it because it was so different from my high school. So I did like seeing him say like, oh, maybe he paved the ways for baby gays or whatever he said. Um, (laughs) And I, I liked the moment with his dad. I thought it was cute. I remember always kind of liking, um, Kurt's dad's character and the the kind of progression that he had so I I didn't mind it I was glad that it was like a 30 second performance as opposed to the full song but I think he did a good job too I mean there were definitely moments where he uh would slip up a little bit and have to look at Brittany or Tina and get back on track but I mean just the sentiment behind it just perfect you know I mean I know that there Bert has his critics right like a, a lot of people don't want to give him too much praise it's like oh great you're being a good father you're like actually taking care of your son no matter what his sexuality is but at the same time like i think you can i think two things can be true at the same time it's like give credit to the guy for you know being able to to stand up for his son that happens to be gay 
Um, and also, you know, also be like, well, yeah, that's what you should be doing at the same time. But I mean, to go this far to learning some Beyonce choreography, which is some of her most intricate choreography of her career. Well, I won't go that far, but I, just, <laughs> I think it's um, it's admirable that he did this because I, mean, I think it's the perfect gift. It's like, look, Kurt, I'm celebrating you. We've been through the ringer. I haven't always been the best father. And I acknowledge that when your mom died, like I was. I didn't know what the fuck was going to go on. And, I, and they, they acknowledged that in in past seasons too, where once Kurt's mom passed, there was just like a, a, like a, just a general disconnect between the two of them, because in a lot of ways she probably was like the bridge between the two of them. So them coming all the way from that to now, it's, it was a good payoff. I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. He, uh, it, it's really nice, especially with what Corey was just saying about how, you know, how, just specifically the comment Kurt made about how he was, you know, helpful to the other gays that were the younger ones that were trying to come up and, uh, you know, find a way to accept themselves. And they were looking at some of the older people like Kurt and seeing him as some of a, somewhat of a role model. We see this obviously like specifically with Karofsky, who is not younger or anything like that, but it's somebody who was having a very hard time with himself and, uh, accepting himself. And he looked to Kurt for a lot of inspiration on just how how he handles himself and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we saw how all that played out. So this is, again, you know, kind of Kurt wrapping up his high school experience as you know in his segment of this episode uh he's going over he he and blaine are going to have a talk here blaine asks like shouldn't we have the the talk that we need to have kurt apparently is holding out on this conversation he wants you know two more days of denial blaine's like no you're graduating and i'm not we have to talk about this you know how hard long distance can be and kurt's like no i picture myself like in a nursing home uh talking about my high school sweetheart but in my version of this story there is my high school sweetheart with me. You're like right by my side. So you're still going to be there at the end of the day. Like, I'm not saying goodbye to you. We are going to figure it out. I promise. And, uh, that's just how these two are going to wrap it up. I don't know if anybody on the panel here has any experience, uh, you know, with a long distance relationship. If so, feel free to jump in. But obviously this is, uh, you know, the way that things are getting started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have zero experience with long distance relationships or being gay in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I I understand why a lot of people are averse to, you know, dragging your high school relationship into the future because you just people change as they grow. You know, you're you are a different person as an adult than you are as a young adult. You know, like I like even right now, like I'm 26. I'm going to be way different when I'm 36. Like you, you just change. So I feel like it's a bit naive of them to think that things are going to be okay but at the same time i will say my sister she is getting married to her high school sweetheart they met they met in 10th grade we are both what like four years out of college now like and if it wasn't for covid they would be getting married in a matter of months but now they had to push it back to july but the point being is that they're getting married so it can it can be possible you just have to find granted they both went to the same college so they never really you know left each other <laughs> they didn't had they didn't have an extended period of time apart from one another which is not going to be the case like kurt's going to be in ohio blaine's going to or uh, kurt's going to be in new york blaine's staying in ohio that's a bit of distance you know what i mean and they're both going to be pretty busy you know with their lives so I feel like as long as you put in the work, you can make it happen. But I feel like a lot of people are naive to the amount of work that they have to put in. They think, oh, our love will carry us through. It's like, no, when you're not in proximity with one another, yeah, it's great to be in love, but 
you need to put in a lot more work. You need to make sure that you're talking to them every day. You need to try and make sure that you can see them as much as possible. Like it's a lot of maintenance. And if you're prepared to do that, then by all means, go for it. You always, you always want to at least believe that it can work. And uh, it's like all the emotion that you have. I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Just everything that you've been building up over the past year, two years, however long you've known these people. It just like fills you with like hope that you can make it happen. And you just convince yourself that you can either way. Um, but Corey, I was going to ask either way. Like, do you at least uh, remember rooting for Klain or were you <laughs> yes, like, not yes, as Yes, yes, yes. No, no. I was definitely always rooting for Klain up until this point. Uh, I was always a big fan of them and wanted their love to be real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Aww. they went through they went through a bit of uh, some tough times recently. I'm a romantic show. at heart. You know what? Me too. But now that we're talking about this, what I find I don't think I've ever really talked about this that much in this podcast. But not that I was I was never anti clean or anything. But I never really rooted for them, if that makes sense. Like I didn't. I wasn't indifferent. But like I didn't. I, I don't know. I guess I just had a hard time relating to their relationship because it just kind of felt foreign to me that I just never really I could give two dams if they were breaking up or if they were together. Like if they were together, cool. If they're breaking up, cool. I was much more interested in like the Quinn and Puck of it all. And at times the Finch of it all and the Britannia of it all. But for whatever reason, like I was never like a, a, a clean shipper. I was like, OK, they're cute, but I'm fine. Like, yeah. Uh, I definitely think I was and like I said I don't want to spoil anything going forward into seasons but I I, and like I said I haven't I don't have a full uh, memory of what happened in one through three but I feel like up until this point I was really invested in them and really rooting for them Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's hard not to be Blaine literally transfers schools to be with Kurt Kurt is you know discovering so many things about himself after he is finally you know season one is when he comes out and along the way after that he's just trying to put himself in the best possible position for himself to succeed and for him and Blaine to succeed so you know the two of them have been doing pretty well so far even though they haven't been like I would say as highlighted as some of the other couples I feel like that's probably fair Um, uh, either way Kurt's gonna end up going back to the choir room and dedicating his song to all of them but specifically the men in the room who he says never saw them never saw him uh, for their differences it didn't matter if you were gay or straight it just mattered that all of them were friends so Kurt's going to go into a performance of I'll remember and he's getting really emotional man yeah I mean I tend to cherish the relationships that I have with straight men like the straight men in my life that are able to just be around me and not feel like I'm one of those predatory gays and we can actually have a real friendship that's devoid of like of this weird atmosphere I I cherish those the most because growing up the straight ones were always the ones that were getting on my back about like oh you're so feminine or oh you're this you're that oh you're gay like you know all that shit like I have a lot of trauma from childhood so when i'm able to like have a relationship with straight men as an adult i'm like this is, this is awesome because i was kind of robbed of that experience as a kid so i i empathize with kurt here and i'm glad that he was able to to let them know that because i feel like a lot of straight people don't understand that because it's something that they don't have to go through you know what i mean you don't have to be afraid of somebody judging you for your sexuality and on top of that you don't have to be afraid of people like Thinking that you're coming, that you're trying, well, some straight men do in terms of like women, because some women will, you know, friends on them as, as immediately as possible, <laughs> but for good reason most of the time. But, in the, but what I mean to say is like, I feel like, yeah, like they don't understand that struggle. And so I feel like when you let them know, like, hey, I appreciate that you were able to, 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 to be a decent human being. 
I think that that sort of like resonates with them in a way and helps them understand like, look, we're all the same. We're all in this together. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. It just matters that we're friends. So fuck it. Yeah, everybody's always been really nice to Kurt. I mean, he's obvious for the most part. Not always, you know. Not always. They were definitely throwing his ass in the dumpster at the beginning of the series. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time. But, I mean, he's had a better high school experience than I guess I would say. It sounds like, you know, you and probably a lot of others uh, have had gone through. uh, People that were, you know, just like Kurt, where it was not the kind of thing where you felt like you could hide it because it was just, you know, Everybody looked at you and they were like, oh, you're gay, except Mercedes, who was like, oh, I want you to be my boyfriend. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, Kurt's way to say goodbye. Any thoughts on uh, this number, Corey? I mean, we, we actually uh, we talk a lot about Kurt and uh, I feel like we analyze his performances more than probably any other character, specifically because there's such a difference in songs that Chris Colfer sounds good in. Uh, but what did you think of this one? I I. I really appreciate everything Amon just said. Like I completely echo that. And I've had so many conversations with my gay friends about having straight male friends now that are just, I hate saying like normal, but that's a lot of what we say where it's like, they don't exactly what Amon was saying. Like they don't question your relationship and wonder if you're hitting on them. They're just like normal, cool people. <laughs> um, but no, mm-hmm. I, I, I was okay with the performance. I remember when I was rewatching it, I thought, we're like 15, 10 minutes in and I felt like there's been so many just like so slow, sad close-ups of the other Glee members listening to people sing. And I just was like, what, what, what is that? To, what is it like to film that, you know, with Matthew Morrison's performance and the same with, uh, Kurtz. I always, I, I honestly think about that all the time. I'm like, the amount of times that they had to film these things. Like, I know. Slow pan, slow panning over like all their faces, <laughs> like with forced emotional responses. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like some you get some of the best character moments and reactions out of some of those scenes. So I don't know if that happens on like the first take or the second take or if it's on like the 30th take of the day. But sometimes you get like a good sugar moment in the background or uh, right, uh, right. Brittany bopping her head or doing something ridiculous. So sometimes that works out really well. So that's that's what's going on with Kurt here. Let's go over to uh, over to the hallway where we're still kind of following Kurt because Rachel is going to come up to Finn and Kurt in the hallway. She's saying that Pace and Niata are sending out their letters this week. She wants them all to open them together. She needs to be with her two most important people for this big important moment, and they pinky swear that uh, they will do this all together. Santana, let's cut over to Santana, who's going to find Sam and Mercedes in the hallway, and Sam is talking to Santana about uh, look. We'll First of all, there's a lot of balloons everywhere. It's uh, a party going on here. Mercedes got a recording contract. Somebody in L.A. wants to sign her as a backup singer. Uh, pretty much after that video that Sam posted of her online a couple weeks ago, killing it with, I don't even remember what the song was. Um, somebody found Mercedes and said, we want you. Disco Inferno. You know, Disco Inferno, yes. Um, and Sam, I guess, pulled it off and got Mercedes to her dreams or a start to her dreams, I guess I should say. Santana's like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. If it were happening to anybody else, I'd be really jealous. But she's proud of her, uh, her trouble-toned sister. And also, we're going to find out some news about Mike, who was all set to go to one school. And then Joffrey in Chicago offered him a scholarship. And now he's going there. Santana says, oh, that's great for you, too. And Tina says to Santana, oh, you must be so excited. You're about to trade in your Cheerios uniform for one from the University of 
Louisville. Uh, Santana, that remember, she was uh, offered a scholarship to go there, a full ride for a cheerleading scholarship. Uh, turns out, which we saw at the time, that she's really still not feeling that. Um, she says, she's like, why am I going to Kentucky when I am just as big of a star as all of the rest of these guys that are going off to do some really cool big things? Like, I don't want to cheer. Um, she says her mom will know what to do, and we are going to get another guest star here in uh, the finale episode anybody uh, a big fan of this guest star of gloria estefan <laughs> yeah. yeah i was hoping there was like a secret super fan on the panel uh, i mean i like her okay. <laughs> same that's that's pretty much the extent i don't think i i feel like i don't really i she's one of those hollywood faces that i'm like oh i know that girl or that lady but i don't i, I can't like picture anything that she's been in so <gasps> Uh, maybe I'm like really uh, embarrassing myself to any Gloria fans that we have out there, but like, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't really know too much about her. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Corey, we uh, we're seeing Santana here is obviously questioning what her future is. Uh, you didn't mention Santana in your favorite character, uh, noticeably. I notice anytime somebody says an answer other than Santana, do you, uh, I have to assume you're still uh, Santana. <laughs> Matt is like at some point. Like no, I love Br- I love block. Brittany and I love Brittany and Santana. Don't get me wrong. And even when I was rewatching the episode, I I always thought Brittany had so many good like one off lines that would just catch me off guard and make me laugh. I I always liked both of them. I mean, it's impossible not to. I mean, even people that are um, I mean, even Amon, who obviously uh, has a different answer. Everybody loves Santana. It's like impossible not to. If you don't, I don't know what show you were watching. Yeah, there's some um, uh, one of her like most iconic like rant reads against I'm pretty sure Rachel and Kurt. Uh, Every time it comes across my Tumblr dash, I have to reblog it because it's so (laughs) iconic. You did not just say Tumblr in the year 2020. I sure did. <laughs> like, are you actively still logging on to your page? Uh, not. I wouldn't say actively, but I definitely uh, check it out from time to time. I always have the impulse to like hop back on there and just see what's happening still. Um, I just never do. But well, my page still is out there for uh, <laughs> for occasional consumption of uh, Freaky Friday and Jersey Shore gifts that uh, were going around back in the day. Well, so that's what it. I have there. You know, I was prepared to say that this was unrealistic in terms of Mercedes getting a recording contract just from a video online. But then I'm like, I'm on. It literally isn't. Like, that's literally how everybody gets famous nowadays is off the Internet. I mean, Justin Bieber, one of the biggest male pop stars of the past decade, got famous because they found his ass on YouTube. And now this girl, the the girl that went viral for singing Shallow, um, like a, a year and a half ago, is now going to be the lead in the Lin Manuel directed uh, freaking West Side Story, or not, not, not West Side Story. Um, yeah, no, West Side Story, but not Lin Manuel Miranda. So people literally get famous off of anything nowadays. So somebody like Mercedes, who can actually sing and she was dancing her ass off in that video, it's not surprising that somebody would uh, try and scoop her up. And in terms of Mike Chang. Like, Alvin Ailey is a top-notch school, okay? Like, Joffrey Ballet School is also amazing, but, like, it was interesting to see him be like, well, I was prepared to go to Alvin Ailey, but then I got into Joffrey. I was like, they're both great. Like, I, you should you should stay at Alvin Ailey. Like, that's a fantastic, reputable school. And they're both in New York, which, like, Mike Chang doesn't want really to get a lot of, like, oh, yeah, he's coming to New York, too. Like, they don't really talk too much about him, but... Yeah, his ass is well, they say headed. he said Joffrey in Chicago. Oh, in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, never mind. 
That's why he's not in New York. That'd be really, really messed up if he went to New York with all them and they were just like, no, you can uh, you can come back in with all the rest of the guest stars every once in a while, but you're not going to be featured. Um, wouldn't have surprised me, though. But Aman, I also wanted to ask, I mean, this is like, is this Mercedes's segment of the episode as she is, of course, one of the seniors that's going off? This is what she gets to to tell us where she's going and yeah that's, that's this is it this in like mercedes isn't going to be a part of the show too much until season five like she's she makes her appearances here and there in four but she doesn't come back as a main cast member until season five so this was a bit annoying i like the fact that we got more kurt in this episode because we didn't really get any kurt in the in the nationals episode um, so I was cool with that. I was cool with, you know, getting some Santana here as well. But if this is how we're treating Mercedes's like arc, like she just got a recording contract and all we get to see is her, is uh, her, uh, celebrating with Sam. Like, yeah, Sam's cool and everything, but why doesn't she get a moment to tell everybody? Like I got into, to this. I mean, at the end, at the end of the episode, the entire fucking league club is going to come and wish Rachel off, but we can't even get like a little yay Mercedes. It's just, <laughs> I agree. I completely 1000% agree. I was like watching the episode being like, okay, where's her solo? What, what is she right. singing? What is she singing to the group? Yeah, she got nothing, uh, which is not surprising because that's literally like the what we follow of her character that she always is, you know, getting nothing. And unlike Tina, uh, she doesn't get well, no, she gets like every maybe like once a season a chance to stand up and say, you know, I didn't get what I wanted and now I'm going to do something else. This season it was the trouble tones, but that all happened early. And now here we're, we are at the end, you know, saying goodbye to everybody. And Ryan uh, I guess Murphy her plays was... favorites. Ryan Murphy <laughs> plays favorites he always has and he always will okay but how is amber riley not your favorite like what is wrong with you because he's not she's not leah michelle it's rachel's story remember it's all about rachel um was amber riley on dancing with the stars was that season four or during season five i feel like i don't remember i think it was during season season four and maybe season five i don't remember I don't remember. I remember after she. I remember after she won, she went back, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you're back on Glee now." Right. So I don't know. We'll we'll work that out as we get there. Um. So yeah, but let's cut back to Santana since that's what the show does. And uh, sorry, Mercedes, we love you. I'm glad (laughs) Sam got you balloons. I'm glad he's taking care of you. Uh. You know, somebody somebody ought to. Uh. Santana is out at Breadsticks with her mom and Brittany, and of course, her mom is uh, played by Gloria Estefan and. We are going to see that uh, Santana, well, first of all, uh, what we notice is that Santana's mom is very uh, loving and accepting of her, which is awesome because her abuela, not so much. So she's talking about, you know, when Santana came out to her, she's like, well, I should have known all those years. I mean, she was uh, acting, uh, she was dressing up as Uncle Jesse from Full House, uh, trick-or-treating, like she was definitely, like the, the signs were there early on, and She's also just talking about how she does accept her. Brittany is surprised to hear that. And she's like, I just care that my baby's happy. Santana says that, well, I wish Abuela felt the same. And her mom's like, yeah, I know it sucks, but you don't want a person in your life that doesn't support your dreams. And Santana's going to cling on to that and say, yeah, so about that, I don't want to go to that cheerleading program at the University of Louisville. I want to go to New York. And her mom's like, go to college. Santana, come on. You got to do the thing that I never had the chance to do. New York is still going to be there after you've earned your college degree. Uh, She's like, Brittany, I understand that you got into Purdue. And she's like, not the university, the poultry farm. But actually, uh, I just found (laughs) out that I'm not graduating. Bomb drop. 
Uh, whoa, this really came out of nowhere, um, Corey. I feel well. I know that you uh, haven't been rewatching, but this is the first time since the se- like all season that we are finding out that Brittany is potentially or definitely not graduating. Like all along, it seemed like she was. She has a zero point zero GPA. I know. What did I expect? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the show really had to come to terms with the fact that they have been abusing the stupidity of of Britney's character with like little to no uh, consequence. And now they sort of had to like pay the invoice for all of that shit for the past three seasons by not allowing her to graduate, but just opens up another can of worms and being like, well, if she was failing this badly and she has a 0.0 GPA, she literally would not be at McKinley. They would have kicked her out by now, sent her to (laughs) some sort of like, you know, I don't even know what you would call it, but some sort of like, yeah, not crack house. Why did I disagree (laughs) with that? Oh, to to some place they have like alternative learning sites for students that are falling way too behind um, at their regular schools. But she's the class president. How do you kick that person out of your school? How did she win? How was she even eligible to? She got the votes. Eligibility requirements for people that wanted to run. Like if you you couldn't run for president if you if you didn't have a certain GPA at my school. If this isn't proof that the public uh, school education system is failing, I don't know what is. <laughs> Honestly, uh, Brittany, I mean, I can't say enough good things about her, but I mean, uh, yeah, as she says to Santana, like, how are you surprised? I have a 0.0 grade point average like this is uh, you should all have expected this all along. But again, they just did not give us any signs or anything to uh, to indicate that that wasn't happening, that she wasn't going to graduate with everybody else. She kept saying that she was accepted to this poultry farm. I mean, honestly, like, when have we ever seen her do any studying, doing homework, any of that? When? Um, I mean, never. Yeah, never. <laughs> so she's not graduating. Why. Santana Santana just can't believe it. Um, she, Brittany's uh, feeling good about this, though. She says it's a good opportunity for her to do her senior year all over again. Uh, she'll be a two-time senior class president. <laughs> Amon probably doesn't think that's possible. Um, and she says she'll act- actually show up to her classes this time. So she's not too upset about this. Back in the choir room, we're going to see Brittany sitting with the underclassmen as the seniors are going to sing for the underclassmen. Uh, Finn is giving them this little speech at the beginning saying, this is your glee club. Take care of it. It'll take care of you. And I'm like kind of confused because he's giving this speech to them as if like they haven't been there with him this whole time. It's not like these kids are coming in like new people that are taking over. Like they have been there the whole time with you. They know if you take care of the whatever uh, stupid point, but we're going to go into a performance of you get what you give from the seniors and uh, thoughts on all this, Corey. I mean, I, uh, so I've always really hated that new radical song. <laughs> so uh, <gasps> what? listen, listen, I, I've just, <laughs> I've never liked that song to begin with. So uh, I wasn't a real big fan of the performance. I felt like that was like, what year did that song come out? That was like early 2000s, 1998. Um, I just felt like that was one of those like songs of the summer that never went away. And I just was (laughs) not a fan of it. So does that mean you also did not love this performance? No, I did not love that performance. I thought it was okay. Amon, what'd you think? I love this song. I love the way th- I love the way that it's shot and everything. Everybody's like having their moment with like their, you know, the 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 junior student that they have connected to the most or whatever. Um, and then they pretty much end up switching spaces with them. So the juniors are sitting and the seniors are 
the juniors are standing and the seniors are sitting. I thought it was really, really nice. <laughs> yeah, that's the part that I really like uh, in this. When they get up and everybody starts, you know, they're they're doing that circle around the underclassmen. And then when they swap seats at the end, and I was like, oh, that got me. That really got me in the feels. Uh, that really, really got me. Like, I, I don't know if I cried like I did at Nationals in the last episode, but uh, it, it definitely got me all choked up as all the seniors, you know, especially Brittany. I think Brittany was a big part of that as I'm just like, this is so sad. This girl, like, these are her friends. These are, this is her class that, and now she's just accepting that she's not graduating. And I'm like, you aren't going to have Santana. You like, I guess you'll still have the Cheerios, but like, oh man, this sucks. I was just heartbroken for her. Well, spoiler alert, she's not even going to have the cheer the Cheerios for so long either. So how are you able to play sports when you have a 0.0 GPA? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you, the, 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 the fact of the matter is they wanted to sign Heather Morris for the next season. They didn't want her to leave because there's, there's too many seniors as it is that you would have to follow. And Ryan Murphy with his dumb ass, I don't even know why he even said this, because he, we already know the types of people that he wants to come back. He says anybody that wants to come back can come back. I will sign anybody back onto the show as a main cast member if they want to come back. So, of course, a bunch of people stuck with their contracts, including Amber Riley, including Harry Shum Jr., which they got little to nothing in season four. And he was like, you know what? I want Heather Morris. She's funny. She's a fan favorite. We got to keep her around. So let's just fail her. And now you have to think about all of the repercussions of that. It's a can of worms. Like, how is she still in the Glee Club if she ha if she was failing the entire school year? How did she win class president if she was failing the entire school year? <laughs> how? Like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, Karofsky gets expelled from the school, and the second he gets back, he's back on the football team. Like, again, the lawless land of McKinley. Fire. That's Ohio for Figgins. you. Hashtag fire Figgins. And uh, somebody else is onto that idea in this episode. Excited to get to that. Um, yeah, so that'll be a fun little scene. After this performance, uh, we're going to see Rachel and Finn off in another classroom, and they cannot agree on a chair for the wedding. Uh, Corey, what do you remember from the wedding storyline of, uh, of this season? Because it has been a couple episodes long. I'm sure you remember the Quinn car crash the first time they attempted this wedding. But uh, do you have positive, any kind of positive memories of any of this? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they were too positive, especially watching Rachel kind of be the like bridezilla in that moment. Yeah, especially when they, you know, tried to ruin Quinn's uh, senior year by getting her in a car crash. No, they had nothing to do with that. But um, it didn't even work because Quinn is back up walking and she was just dancing. So, yeah, Rachel is telling Finn she's sick of compromising. Uh, Finn is like, yeah, because you're also compromising on your husband. And she's like, where the hell? Where, where is this coming from? He says, you've been giving me a weird vibe lately and uh, I just feel like something's off. She asks him, when did this like when did this switch around where you were the one that I was settling for? rather than like, you know, the other way. Um, she says, I'm marrying you no matter what, even if we have to sit on these ugly chairs, I don't care. I don't know. I guess just another little sappy Finchel scene to set up what's here to come. It's going to lead into a Finn monologue about how his high school's career has been a total success, not in terms of grades and whatever, uh, but he won a state title in football, a national championship with the Glee Club. Uh, he says he never hurt anyone real bad. And as it turns out, he, uh, never actually accidentally got anyone pregnant. Uh, now, it's the future that he's terrified of, uh, or was, because not he's not terrified anymore. He's getting married to a great girl. He's moving to New York to chase his dreams with her and with his gay stepbrother. Gotta flag that up. Um, and he's like, well, how do I know? Because, of course, I nailed my audition with the main dude himself. 
I the, the, I remember thinking from the moment that they showed us the scene for the first time, and they didn't they didn't decide to show us how he did at the audition. I was like, oh, he fucked it up. He fucked it up. It's bad. He's not getting in. It's over. I don't know what Rachel's gonna do. He's not coming to New York with her because we've never really gotten that much acting from Finn. Like he wasn't even in the musical. So like, what did you do the entire time to prep to prep for your for your pace audition? If you're just not finding out that you want to be an actor, the only thing that you have to your name in terms of acting is Rocky Horror Picture Show, and y'all didn't even get to perform that for real. For real. you performed it for an audience of one in Mr. Shoe. So like, what's on the resume? Because you can't put show choir because that's not really acting. That's singing and dancing, you know. So I just I just knew from jump that he was he was screwed. Yeah, and I feel like he's not, uh, he's not, I mean, he's obviously stupid, but like he's generally his own <laughs> worst critic. Uh, and he knows when he's doing something bad. He knows when he's like messed up. And the fact that he obviously bombed this audition, which he feels super confident about, that didn't make any sense to me. Um, but I guess he, he does. He does not do well with the audition. We're going to see later how things go uh, once it's time to get his acceptance letter. Um, and, but I mean, I guess to, to be fair, did we feel like he was being a little misled by the guy who was doing the audition who said, uh, you know, he was so moved by his letter and his application saying he would be an exceptional case to get into the school. Do you think uh, he was being misled, Corey? I mean, uh, yeah, no, not really, because, I mean, you can write a compelling letter or, or tell a story or the hardships that you overcame. But I mean, exactly what Amon said when they're like, now my what do you say? My, now my dramatic monologue. And then it's like cut scene. And I think yeah. we all know that Finn's not going to deliver a dramatic monologue in any sort of uh, successful manner. No, uh, definitely not. I mean, like Amon said, he's not known for his incredible acting by any means. He can barely dance. Uh, he really can't dance. He can kind of sing uh, specific songs. Uh, he you know, just killed it in Paradise by the Dashboard Light. But half the time, um, just sitting here criticizing the fact that he is nowhere near the best uh, singer or the, the best male vocal vocalist in the Glee Club. Um, but, you know, speaking of, we're going to see a scene with Will and Finn as uh, Finn's going to go into his office. He gets his yearbook back from Will and uh, Will wrote in the yearbook, Dear Finn, great knowing you, Will Schuster. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, he is just, he's, he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, I'm the best man at your wedding. Like, you, you that's all you could write for me? Will saying that he could barely write anything because he couldn't even get the words out. He was just, you know, I guess getting too emotional. Um, he says that he could barely write two words. He stops and uh, he, he needs to tell Finn something here, which, I, like I was trying to tie in about the whole uh, male lead thing. He says, back in, you know, the first early days of the club, I needed a male lead. And I walked into the locker room. I saw you in the shower. And of course, I got way too close for comfort. I heard you singing. Um, and I did a little something that I never really told you about, but I need to admit here. Um, when there was weed planted in your locker, yeah, that was me. Finn is just mouth wide open, cannot believe this. And Corey, I have to imagine that you remember at least this uh, from season one, that uh, Will planted the weed in uh, Finn's locker to get him to join the Glee Club. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I love the, again, they showed the flashback to him, like actually singing in the shower. Um, I thought that was a great scene. I, I liked Finn's response to it. I liked Will coming clean with it. I loved um, after Will reveals that he planted the drugs, the camera zooms in on the sign above his desk that says like, put children <laughs> first. Like little moments like that, I think Glee always did well. Um, 
<laughs> that was uh, yeah one of the funniest moments to me in the episode. Yeah, this um this is a gamble for Will because while at this point it's like he probably feels like Finn would never you know snitch on him for doing this. But still, it's like you know you're outing yourself for planting drugs on a student like that's that could cost you your job. So I'm glad that he was able to cure his conscience. I'm glad that Finn, you know, was not because Finn was freaking the fuck out. He was like, "I'll pee in a cup. I will pee." Like he was like, "This is not <laughs> my weed, okay?" But uh, yeah, they 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 taught it. They took it as like a bonding moment, and yeah, we got a little moment from. Finn and Mr. Shu, which is, you know, they've been at it together for like the past three years. So it was nice to see them get this little closing moment. And I like that uh, Finn's walking around the school wearing his football jacket when it's like definitely June. Uh, football season has been long over, I believe, by now. And again, it's June uh, in it's a Ohio. Cult. So it's a cult. You can't <laughs> yeah. take it off. That's what people yeah. at my high school did in June. They wore those things like all year round. Oh, man. It That's is a cult. M- Midwest mentality. Where did you grow up? Michigan. Not oh, far no. from Ohio. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> did, did the Glee kids ever go there? No, they, they've, they've gone to like every surrounding state uh, in the area of Ohio. Uh, mostly Kentucky. That's where Sam was dancing. Um, I don't know. That's where Santana's going. <laughs> I vaguely remember. I felt like they performed once against some team or somebody from Michigan. Possible. Yeah, so um, we're going to also follow Finn back to his house where Carol is there and Finn is talking about he has he's holding up a picture of his dad. He feels like he let his dad down. We got a bit of uh, we got a bit of this uh, like it seems like half a season ago at this point where Finn was talking about how he was going to write a letter to get his dad's status in the army changed uh, to a honorable discharge rather than an what's what's the word on dishonorable dishonorable i almost said unhonorable um because he found out all of uh, that about what happened and blah 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 um it didn't work he wrote whatever letter he wrote did not uh successfully get that status changed and his mom's like you did everything you could do finn's like okay but my dad was a hero and i'm struggling here because i don't understand how you know me becoming an actor is going to be redemption for a man who did all of that he's like everything feels like it's falling into place everything Except him. So, Aman, I mean, it's like we haven't followed uh, as much as we've followed Finn this season and his journey through, like, not knowing what he's going to do, what he wants to do. I feel like we did kind of drop the dad thing. And now we're back as this being like a main motivator. Yeah. I mean, the last thing that we the last time we talked about this was during uh, I think it was the regionals episode um, when they're sitting around. It was after Karofsky had almost, you know, killed himself. They sat around and talked about what they want to live for. And he mentioned wanting to change the dishonorable um, discharge to an honorable one. Um, and so that's it's been like since the mid-season that we, we heard about this. So it was a bit of an abrupt change. I guess we can maybe assume and do the storytelling work for ourselves that he just now found out that they declined his request. So that's why it's on his mind now. But it it seems, I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't know what it's like to lose someone to a war, right? Like, I don't know what it's like to lose someone... Um, to battle, even though that's not necessarily how Finn lost his father because we find out that he actually died on American soil. But I feel like it's just, I feel uh, at the risk of sounding insensitive, I just feel like Finn, you got to move on. Like 
is this about your dad or is it about you? And like, this is something that you feel like is attainable and it's a goal that you want to reach to feel good about yourself because you're holding on to this image of your dad that you've had since you were a small child and everything else that you planned out for your senior year didn't go according to plan. So this is something that you felt like you could do. And now that it's not happening the way that you should, you're about to make a drastic decision, which we're going to talk about later on. It's just like, I don't know. It just seems very, very misguided. And I kind of wish that Carol had like been a little bit more vocal about that because she kind of just let him vent and didn't really offer up any uh, rebuttal. Yeah, I feel like we run into a problem here where you have these two characters, Finn and Rachel, and Rachel is so like her character has been so flushed out by this point. Like we know everything there is to know about her, her motivations, her family. Uh, you know, she's Jewish. She has two gay dads. She does this morning routine every day. We know why she does this, why she does that, and everything in between. And Finn, we know that he is just a guy who plays football, uh, doesn't really believe him, believe in himself. And, uh, you know, it's like his, his list of things that we know about him is so much smaller. And I guess on that list in the little character book that they have, you know, in the writer's room of Glee, they probably look back on it and they're like, oh, yeah, he is really invested in, you know, uh, everything with his dad and it's like that's just one thing that they're easily able to keep going back to but it's not the same because it doesn't feel as authentic to us after seeing all these other characters that consistently are reminded of things like even Kurt and his mom like uh, Finn and Kurt both lost a parent but I feel like Kurt's mom comes off way more often probably because uh you know, of everything with him and Bert, uh, way more often than Finn's dad comes up so it's just like this is such a random piece of Part, a random part of him that's coming up to motivate him for such a big decision that's going to come at the end of this episode. So it, it does feel a little bit like, oh, okay, but what are you going to do? So, no, I mean, I, I agree with what you guys have said. It, it, and same with touching back on Brittany. It, it almost seems to me like they knew the trajectory of what they wanted the Glee Club, Glee Club to do in this season and, and to go on to like win nationals and that sort of thing. But they, they didn't really think further about what the characters were actually going to do once they graduated. Mm hmm. Right. So uh, after all of this, we're going to see the underclassmen get their performance in. Artie is calling out Finn, saying that you are uh, something that I never thought was possible when I first rolled down these halls. You're all of our friends. Before Glee Club was kind of cool, you had our back. Uh, you were on the football team. You were one of the most popular kids in the school. You had a lot to lose, uh, but people forget the sacrifices that you made. So we wanted to thank you. Uh, they're going to go into a performance here of In My Life. And I hope, Corey, that you like this one better than the first one. I did. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I, I just liked the performance. I, I don't want to, like, hate on Finn altogether. But I was then this in a way where I didn't always love uh, Will singing. I didn't always love Finn singing. Um mm -hmm. So, so that was a big part of my problem with the new Radical song. But I did enjoy this one much more. I liked it, too. Another cute number between all of the Glee kids saying goodbye, being mushy. I did not like it as much as the first one, though. I like that one better. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I feel like I need to be the tiebreaker, but I'm like, uh, if I am the tiebreaker, I probably got to go with Amon and say, I liked you get what you give better. <laughs> Sorry, Corey. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm not offended. <laughs> 
Yeah, so after this number, we're going to see everybody gets up to go hug each other again, except Puck, who's sitting back. I guess that's just a reminder for us to keep an eye on Puck as we go forward in this episode. Again, I call I was running through the seniors at the beginning of this episode. We know that Puck is a senior. We still don't know whether or not he's graduating because it all rides on this test that's coming up. Uh, but we're going to we're going to cut over to Quinn. She's going to get her moment of the episode. She's talking about, you know, who would have thought that I would end my days at McKinley right back where I started uh, on top. I got the school, got into the school of my dreams. We won nationals and I'm feeling stronger every day. Everybody else is so emotional, but I don't feel that way. I guess I've cried enough tears for three graduations. Um, but she's looking around at all of her friends who have grown into such incredible people. And she's like, nothing's going to stop any of them. Well, maybe one of them. And we're going to see Puck being tutored by Beast. Things aren't going super well in that classroom. Uh, she says, this, this school has given us all so many gifts, me especially, and I want my last week here to be about giving back. Uh, get a little bit of what I got, of what of what they gave me. Uh, we see her also in the bathroom with Rachel. Uh, the two of them are talking about how great change is because, you know, if they hadn't changed, then they wouldn't even be friends. And Quinn actually got Rachel a gift. It's a Metro North Pass for her to be able to come visit Quinn at Yale. And she also got herself one so that she can come visit her in New York. She's like, I really want to make sure that we stay friends and we stay in touch. Uh, she doesn't love the idea of teen weddings and all that stuff, but she's still being supportive of Rachel. She's like, you and Finn were made for each other. I'm happy for you. I'm glad that, you know, you're going in the direction that is going to make you both happy. And Rachel's like, oh, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's funny. I always thought the same thing about you and Puck. Quinn's like, no, that's ancient, ancient history. Um, before we get to Quinn and Puck, I have to ask you, Corey, you have to be the tiebreaker for Aman and I now. Oh, We've had God. many oh, debates. And discussions. No, we haven't had any debates. I've just been sitting here listening to him feverishly trying to make this make sense. Uh, let's hear Corey, it. <laughs> where do you stand on Faberry? Um, I see. Like I said, I obviously I haven't watched the full rewatched the first three seasons completely. But I mean, I feel like I remember watching this. Like I was okay with how Quinn's arc kind of ends here, and I was okay with her kind of like coming around and being a nicer person than she was at the beginning. Okay. But in terms of Rachel and Quinn as a couple, do you think there was anything there? No. Okay. Yes. See, you are deluded. There, like, wait, like what? Like dating? I'm going to send you a video after oh we get off God. this call that I sent. It's to propaganda. It's propaganda. There was a poll done on the Out of Context Glee account uh, recently, and it was the top ships in Glee history, and Faberi made it all the way to number three. So you know what? As... The fandom has not let go of this, and uh, they won't be letting go of it anytime soon. So Okay. Well, right, then uh, that just means that here, you – I've never heard the fandom this. Are crazy. <laughs> you got to rewatch it, Corey. I know that you, uh, you're considering I, it. When you rewatch it – Keep a critical eye on Rachel and Quinn over the years. Okay. Now now this is intriguing. Like this I now I wanna know. God. <laughs> They've just been through so much. They've been through, you know, they obviously there was a yeah, the not thing together with, being with Finn. Yes, together. Along the way, every step, there's always been something between the two of them. Sexual it's... tension? Yes. No. Rachel got <laughs> no. slapped across the face by Quinn and she I don't loved believe it. any of this. I don't believe she any of this. She liked the slap. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it came from. Okay. You act like she slapped her on her ass or something. It was a slap if across the Mercedes a... slapped her. You think she would have had that same reaction? 
Sure. Well, probably <laughs> not because I feel like Mercedes would have slapped Rachel across the face and Rachel would have been knocked the fuck out. So that would be different. <laughs> so, no, I don't think that she'd have any kind of reaction because she'd be on the floor out cold. But there is no. And Santana hasn't hit her yet. So, so okay, I don't know. but Quinn, but Quinn slaps everybody. She slaps Santana. She's well, she's only slapped since slap Santana. I'm sure she slapped somebody else. <laughs> um, I don't know. Wow, uh, a lot of slaps in this show. Now that I'm just going through them all in my head. All right, Rachel slaps Corey, Santana I'm gonna send too. you some stuff after the uh, after we get off here. There's please there's a lot do. To get into. I I'm a big fan of conspiracy theories. Do you, I mean, while we're talking about Quinn as well, um, do you have Quinn takes? Are you as big of a Quinn fan as, I know I am, uh, or at least at least I am. Um, I think Amon has been pretty high on her overall. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I feel like, because, uh, I mean, isn't this kind of like her, I don't remember, she's not very much in the, the future seasons, no. is that correct? Sorry if that's, that's a spoiler, correct. but. No, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, she's, she really kind of falls out. Like I said, I remember this kind of being one of her final moments. And I remember well, when I was rewatching the episode, I remember like being happy for her that it was all kind of like tied up nicely. And it seemed like her package was made sense and it was complete. And I felt like she had a redemption arc and kind of became a better, more self-aware person. Yeah, she went on a crazy journey this season, starting with the red hair, which I have to imagine uh, everybody remembers. Uh, the red <laughs> hair, you know, hanging with the skanks under the bleachers. And, uh, you know, there was that little bit at the beginning with uh, Adina Menzel coming back in. And, of course, she wanted her baby Beth back. Uh, but things got back on track for her. And then she got into a car accident. And then things got way off track for her. And now she rehabilitated within weeks. And she's right back where she wants to be, accepted into the school of her dreams and just happy with the way that things are going so things are looking good for her uh not so much for puck so we're gonna see quinn and puck doing some quick studying at puck's place he's getting frustrated uh he's like what are you like basically like what are you even doing here she says she's there because she loves him she's looking at him like you you're my first like you you mean a lot to me uh he is saying about how he regrets a lot of things about how he was an ass most of high school and quinn is just assuring him that we went through something that cannot tear us apart like when, like anybody who goes through what we did uh, will probably have said the same thing. Like we will be bonded for life. Uh, and Puck's like, all right, well, I appreciate that. And you know what? If you ever need me, you know where to find me because I'll be here repeating my senior year all over again. And Quinn's like, no, you know, you know the questions for this test. You just have to get your confidence back. He asks, how am I supposed to do that? And she says like this. And she goes in for a kiss, imagining that Puck is Rachel. Um, and oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I missed that part. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Puck says, uh, no, save it for somebody who deserves it. And Quinn's like, no, nobody deserves it more than you do. Eventually, he's going to give in and says it would be rude if he refused the kiss. And all of a sudden, we see Puck go back to the school. He's like, it's funny. Uh, the funny thing about a kiss, it just from the right girl, it can be exactly what you need. Make you an all original grade A badass. He goes and he takes his testimony. Yeah, I guess uh, just really rejuvenated him, that kiss. Um, and good for Quinn here for, you know, sort of like returning the favor for Puck because Puck sort of helps her out when she's going through the middle of her crazy phase and helps to set her straight. And now she's trying to do the same thing for him and giving back and allowing, allowing him to see himself the way that she sees him because now he's the one that's sort of down and out. So I like that that she did that for him um and 
I'm glad that Puck now has the confidence to go and take that damn test because if you really want to get out of here, then you got to take it. You got to you got to you got to pass. And I know something that you really want. I mean, you were just talking about how you don't want to be your dad. Like, think about that. Hold to that. Stick to that drive. And I'm glad that Quinn was able to push him in the right direction. Yeah, no, same. I agree. It's, it's, I'm glad she was there for him. I'm glad she realized that they had that, like, connection and that she could be that support for him. Yeah, the two of them have been somebody, uh, you know, are a couple that we've followed all throughout. Uh, even if we don't check in with them all the time, it does happen, you know, here and there. And we're not going to get much Quinn and I don't think this is a spoiler. So going through with it anyway, uh, you know, the, a lot of the remaining Quinn that we will have on the show will be tied to puck. So we'll see a lot of the two of them as we go forward into the future seasons. So I'm glad that we are highlighting them together here at the end of this one, uh, over in the, uh, back at McKinley, we are going to see Sue in her office. She's with Roz Washington. She's polishing her trophy. It seems like she also won the Cheerios Nationals trophy uh, over with them. So Roz, you know, wanted the Cheerios. She didn't get them because Sue was the winning coach that was able to come back and have them all to herself. Uh, and she also got the second national championship. And uh, the two of them just have one final interaction here. Amon, I mean, any takeaways as we're going to say goodbye to Roz for this season? Who the two? Uh, this is what I was talking about. We uh, have the hashtag Fire Vigan kind of coming to life yeah i was shocked by this i was like oh my goodness season four is about to be crazy it's just going to be like the teachers versus uh, versus uh principal figures like i'm interested to see where that goes but spoiler alert it doesn't really go anywhere um well <laughs> well not well, just yet well, well we'll save it um <laughs> but yeah i uh nice to get nice that nini leaks gets a little uh nod in this episode seeing as how she did towards the uh, the back half of the season, she's been uh, very present. So I liked seeing her mm-hmm. one last time. Yeah. Uh, as Roz leaves the office, Quinn is going to walk in with her Cheerios uniform in a nice little box that's even labeled Quinn Fabray. I was like, of course this thing, of course this item exists. Uh, Sue tells her to keep the uniform as Quinn is trying to return it. Uh, she says she's going to retire it. It's yours. Um, and she, we're going to have the Sue and Quinn moment, which, you know, parallels the Will and Finn thing, as we've talked about a couple times. Uh, it does seem like both of these, you know, duos are kind of on the same path where uh, Sue always says that, you know, she, she she always thought that Quinn reminded her of herself when she was younger, but she's saying here that you're you're actually not like me because you're better uh, than me. She's like, I'm as smart and pretty as you are, but you're slightly less evil, and I admire that about you. Uh, you have this perseverance. You're going to go far, and I'm going to have the best time watching you do it, and I can't wait to say that I knew you way back when. And this just breaks Quinn because she is, again, how many times do I have to say this? She has been through it this season, and she just... Just loses it, gives Sue a big hug and says that she's going to miss her, which Sue says uh, she doesn't think is possible. But, uh, Corey, do you have fond memories of the relationship between these two? Of course. And I loved the scene, too. And that was exactly what I was going to say is it's clearly uh, mirroring the kind of uh, goodbye that Finn and uh, Will had as well. I liked it. I I I liked seeing uh, Sue, like, get emotional in the way that that she did appreciate Quinn and that she was going to be um, supporting her from afar. I liked it. I, I la- as fun as a character as Sue Sylvester is and how mean she is and how evil she is. It is nice to see her have these humanizing moments. Yeah. And you're a big Sue fan. Uh, I hear according to uh, a bit you have on your podcast. 
I, I just like to say that's how Sue sees it all the time. I, I still say it to this day in my, again, because I was one of my only friend, one of the only people in my friend group who watched it. They're always like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> did you already, did you already answer this? Uh, did Tyler also watch Glee? I don't remember if you said. I think he watched like maybe the first season, maybe the first two. He like, he'll watch a show and then he like quits after one season. He can never stay on anything. Well, I just hope that uh, this that I hope that line doesn't go like uh, unappreciated anytime you deliver it. So he he um, knows that line for sure. But yeah, I don't I I'll have to ask him when he abandoned the Glee ship. Uh, yes. So yeah, that's, that's really all we're going to get from Sue this episode, which I'm really not that mad about. Uh, you know, we see her also at graduation, but this is about the kids and Sue is obviously going to be around for all six seasons. So, uh, we don't really need to spend a whole lot of time with her, but it's nice to see her get a send off with Quinn. Uh, any final thoughts on this, Amon? No, I love this scene too. And it was, it was sort of unexpected for me. Um, which, so I thought it was very well done. Cause I just, I didn't see this scene coming at all. Um, but you should have, right? Because the, the two of them have had probably she probably she's probably the one student that has the strongest relationship with coach sue out of any of the other people maybe rivaling santana but um yeah i mm-hmm. i i didn't expect to see this from the two of them especially on sue's end so it was really heartwarming to see this and it's like the first time that she broke down because she said she literally just said in her voiceover like i don't really i, I mean i i don't really feel teary-eyed when i look at my friends because i'm just so happy to see all of them grow into such beautiful people so i don't really feel sad about leaving i'm excited for yale but sue was the one person that made her break down a little bit and that's really touching yeah and i'm like a little surprised i guess that uh santana and sue don't get their own scene to i guess say goodbye to each other here but um i guess knowing that santana is you know sticking around the show in a way more than quinn is and her and sue will see each other again it's really you know i guess not the end of the world she also doesn't really like her that much like santana don't fuck with sue (laughs) true (laughs) I mean, yeah, she uh, she ruined her senior year by making her co-captain along with Becky. Ooh, Becky's not even in this episode. Ugh, we have so much more Becky, but um, still, uh, you know, season finale. Give us, give us, give us everybody. Whatever. Um, it's time for graduation. Let's get to graduation. We're going to be in the hallway right before graduation, and we see all the seniors kind of gathering around, and Puck right in the middle. He got his test back. It was a C-, minus, which to him is an A+, and he's graduating. He is so excited. Everybody's so excited. Coach Beast is there, who has been helping him along, and she's so excited. And uh, that's it. Time to go to graduation. I love that when the teacher comes out and trying to hand it to him, like Rachel comes up to take it first. She's like, bitch, back up. Like, I love, did you guys miss that? Okay, maybe I was the only one that saw it. Never mind then. <laughs> I, I might have missed that. She opens the door and Rachel like tries to grab the test and she's like, no. <laughs> it was funny. It had to be there. So what did Rachel want to like deliver the news to him? I, I don't know what Rachel was doing. I don't know why she cared so much, but she was the first person to try and take the exam. It was the strangest thing, but it made me laugh. <laughs> she wasn't even like any of the guys coaching uh, Puck up. She had like no I know, in right? That's why I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we're going to go over to graduation. Uh, we are up on the stage of the auditorium, which uh, let me just touch on this quickly. I uh, would not have fit. I mean, Corey's class probably fit inside the auditorium on the stage, but uh, mine certainly had to be outside. No chance we were going to be uh, in a small stage like that. We yeah. had to rent a hall down the street. <laughs> <laughs> just because? Because our school didn't even have an auditorium. Oh. We could have graduated in the cafeteria. I need to visit Michigan. (laughs) 
you guys didn't have an auditorium, so how the hell did you put on shows? We, uh, I mean, there was like a stage in the cafeteria. It's uh, they called it a caf. They called it a cafetorium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. We, we called in... that the all-purpose room, but that was in like the elementary schools. Mm. Oh, so yeah, we, that's what we had. Yeah, yeah, we had a multi-purpose room and a cafetorium. <laughs> cafetorium. That's I've truly never heard that phrase until today. Yep. That's well. That's, that's what, what you missed this. on Glee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, over in this auditorium, uh, we're going to see Puck and Finn get going with a performance of Glory Days that's going to play over this graduation. It's time to get the seniors their diplomas. Everybody's in their red caps and gowns. Uh, Michael Chang Jr., Quinn Fabray, Mercedes Jones, Noah Puckerman, who lets out a huge like sigh when he gets his diploma from Emma. Uh, Santana Lopez comes by and gives Brittany a big hug on her entrance. Uh, I like the little shimmy she gave when she walked into the, you know, just of course commands attention anytime she walks into a room uh kurt hummel blaine and bert are both in the crowd they go wild for him uh finn hudson gets called carol's off crying and then rachel berry who i guess her dads are not here um that's uh that's crazy but i'm on uh, i guess we couldn't get uh those guest stars back for <laughs> for this final episode they were paying gloria estefan they couldn't afford uh <laughs> jeff goldblum and the other guy yeah <laughs> And I guess they were supposed to be in New York, so I guess maybe that's why they weren't there. But Rachel would have probably been, like, concerned or confused why her dads weren't there. I don't know. Uh, everybody's hugging Emma during this graduation. They all are just, of course, so ecstatic. It's it's time to graduate, and it seems like no other kids in the school are graduating besides them because they're the only names that get called. Uh, we end this with a Finchel kiss as Figgins And not even in the alphabetical order. Like, how the fuck did Rachel Berry go last? That's... That was my no. I was like, why the hell? Who didn't graduate in alphabetical order? Why is Rachel last? Ryan Murphy playing favorites. <laughs> and again, poor Brittany just watching this go by. Like we thought this was going to be Puck not graduating, and here he is on the stage. But Brittany just well, then maybe she should have been focusing on her fucking homework. Okay, I have no sympathy. <laughs> She's tried. No, she hasn't. No, she hasn't. <laughs> Listen, she she put on the most impressive dinosaur prom that McKinley High has ever seen, and uh, that should have been enough to get at least a zero point five. So I don't know, is there any kind of points for for that? Maybe what participation points for putting up a <laughs> setting up a prom? Get the hell out of here! It was a good number, <laughs> extra credit. Yeah, got to be somebody out there like giving her a couple points. Like, aren't they all in Schuster's class? Like every, I feel like we always see them being taught by Will. Will couldn't have given her like a little bit of a boost. She had a zero point zero. That's crazy. Like even in like tests that I would fail, like with like my theater teacher, like, I mean, how do you fail a theater test or whatever? But like, you'd always get like a little bit of a boost if you, you know, whatever. I guess nobody cared about Brittany. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> Back in the choir room, we're going to see Finn, Rachel and Kurt. They all have their letters. Finn is not ready to open them. He wants to wait forever or just at least a couple more seconds because these are the last moments before they know before all of their lives are going to change uh whatever's in those letters either way it's all about to something's about to to change for all of them kurt asks who's up first finn says i'll go i have a good feeling about mine rachel says no matter what happens we're all here for each other and finn opens his letter finn hudson did not get in to his school um rachel comes over and tells him that it's okay and finn is like it, it's fine just you guys open yours i just you know i can't even think about it uh kurt is going to go next he opens his letter kurt hummel also 
did not get into his school. Man, this got depressing real fast after the fun graduation that just happened. Uh, Rachel comes over to comfort him as well, and now it's Rachel's turn to open her letter. She turns around, opens it to herself, and she hesitantly turns back around to the boys and tells her tells them that uh, she did get in. And the looks on Kurt and Finn's faces, like, they don't even know how to react, Corey. Oh, yeah, I think that's a tough situation. <laughs> What would you do if your two like best friends didn't get in and you did? Uh, e- well, I don't know. Well, th- one of my friends, I think he w- he wanted to go to the University of Pittsburgh main campus, but they deferred his application and actually ended up sending him to one of the sister campuses in Johnstown. So I remember him being kind of disappointed about it, but he took it with like such a you know, he like he took it with such grace and said, you know what, like, I just got to work hard. And in, the, in two years, I can move on over to the main campus. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, he didn't get into the place that he wanted to go into, but it wasn't a complete rejection. So, no, I haven't really, at least none of my friends got reject, flat out rejected from schools that they really, really wanted to go to. Or if they if they did, they didn't tell me about it. So, hmm. no, I haven't. I, I And the person that I went, I wanted to go to school. I went, I went to Drexel and I applied with. Uh, my best friend from home, and she also got in. So, like, uh, yeah, I have not experienced not even, like, someone getting rejected from the school that I wanted to go to, so. Yeah, this just, this sucks all around. I mean, you knew that Rachel had to have gotten in after she just did that whole thing with Carmen Thibodeau coming to nationals, and... If I were Kurt, I would kind of be a little pissed because... Yeah. I would, ha- I would like, think that, that, oh, my goodness. That chance. But then again, probably not, because they take 20 students per year, and I have to bet that in order to avoid any discrimination lawsuits they probably accept 10 boys and 10 girls per year i mean he sings all the girls songs anyway (laughs) well you're not (laughs) wrong there but yeah that sucks this this really sucks uh how is rachel even supposed to be happy when her two boys just did not get into their schools like and again uh another point that amani brought up before why are we finding this out the day of or after graduation uh they they should have known this in december it's fucking June, okay? <laughs> like, most colleges start, like, mid to late August. Anyway, like, so you're supposed to, you just find out um, two months and a half in, in advance. That's, That's crazy. a good point. I wonder, I, now I'm trying to, it's been forever since I went to college, but I'm like, when the hell did I find out? I found out in November, okay? I found out about, no, I found out in November from Drexel, and then I found out about from, uh, from Pitt uh christmas eve okay like it was it was really that soon for you guys yeah well i i, maybe, I applied like january i applied because they, they make you take your sats your junior year right so you got your scores back i was satisfied with my scores so pretty much as soon as senior year started like september i started applying because at that point it was all it was all the work was done it kind of just as long as you got accepted the only thing that could fuck it up for you would be fucking up your senior year so i kind of just wanted to get my get all of my applications in before any of my senior year grades could derail anything and that was it for me so yeah so that's that's the deal here kurt and finn are obviously going to have to figure out what the plan is next which 
We're not going to find out, uh, you know, exactly, uh, at least for Kurt here. We'll have to tune in to season four to see that. And I want to keep all the Rachel stuff together. So I'm going to cut ahead a little bit to Santana, who is emptying out her locker. Her mom is there at the school and uh, she's she's throwing everything out in her locker. Santana saying that she doesn't want to keep all of these things um, that like you hold on to this stuff so that you don't actually have to see the person that, you know, that they remind you of, uh, of course, probably being Brittany or everybody. I don't know. Um, she gets an envelope from her mom as a graduation gift which seems to be a lot of money uh she santana looks at her mom like what the, you've had this money all these years and you what uh santana's mom is like i have been saving up for years and years so that you could go through college and santana's like but i have a scholarship and she's like you couldn't have told me that 17 or 18 years ago she's like uh it's fine mom you keep it i don't want to go to college anyways and her mom says no you take it you use it for new york if that's what you want to do because i trust you and i believe in you and you know I, I have sympathy for anybody who tries to get in your way. Uh, Santana just can't believe it. She gets emotional, kind of just breaks down into her mom's arms. And uh, she, her mom says, you know, I'd love for you to go to college, but it's not my choice. Uh, from now on, it is up to you. So a nice little ending here for Santana in season three, uh, Corey, as she's at least, you know, has the love and acceptance of her mom to do whatever she wants to do. Yeah. Not her abuela, though. Not her abuela. <laughs> I wanted to know how much money was in there. I'm gonna guess something like that, I mean <laughs> to pay for my... to pay for college, like what are we what are we talking about? Are we talking about the first year? Are we talking about the second year? Are we talking about the whole All damn four thing? years, right? Because okay, let, let's let's look it up. Let's look it up right now. Let's do the work. Because she got <laughs> into the uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, right? University of Louisville. Okay. Let's see that. All right. Right, that's what I'm like. Is she handing her a check for like 200 grand? What Let's is it? Let's see what the cost of tuition was in 2012. Out of state in 2012 <laughs> was $21,650 per year. So that's $80,000 <laughs> if she was like handing her money for all of it. But also, like, did Santana not tell her already that she had the full scholarship? So why is she not. Why is she still getting money from her mom? Her mom knows that she's got it all paid for. Well, because she's a good mom, I because guess. Because her mom was like, oh, well, this is what it was for. I'm not going to, like, take it back now. You can still use it. I guess. I'd be like, do you want me to hold it, keep it in a safe place? Like, she probably would have, she probably would have given her the money or whatever and, like, had her, like, only given her access to some of it. You know what I mean? But I feel like because of the fact that she knew that her daughter didn't want to go to college, she was just like, well, then just take it all. I trust you. You know what I mean? Because she's not really going to need all that money if she goes to college. You know, like, yeah, she'll need it to, to, to uh, for, like, a few things, like food or whatever. But, like, she's not going to need $80,000 in her pocket while she's studying. Like, that's just, that sounds like a complete disaster. Like, I know my ass would have been spending that money on <laughs> bullshit, okay? 18 years old with $80,000 in bank account? Okay. You'll never see me again. But that's what I was thinking. Well, I mean... Santana's got a lot of money and money ahead of her, a lot of, uh, you know, at least support behind her. And uh, the only thing she doesn't have is Brittany. Brittany is not going to be graduating with her. And I think the plan as of now is, uh, you know, whether she goes to New York or not, she I mean, she was thinking about staying in Ohio because Brittany's here and Brittany's not graduating. So maybe that's an option. Uh, same thing as Kurt. We're kind of leaving on a cliffhanger here. And uh, again, we'll have to tune in for season four to see how things play out with her. So it's, you know, interesting. I, I have to imagine that they did know for some of these characters who they were going to move forward with and who they weren't. Because as we've said, Quinn does kind of get a little bit of a wrap up on her 
everything here uh, in a way that Santana and Kurt don't, who we know will yeah, be a big Ryan part Murphy of the rest of the series. Shipped Diana Agron off the uh, off the pasture in this episode. He was like, "Okay, bye, bitch." I can't even talk about it. Uh, yeah, I can't. Um, I'm just, but it, you know what? At the very least, like either way, it does make those moments so like like the bright side of any of this is that it makes those moments so special when they do show up uh, from time to time in the rest of the seasons. Like uh, besides just Quinn, like any of these seniors that are going off, even Mike Chang, like uh, some a character that you're not the most invested in. Like anytime they pop up, you're like, oh yay! Like it's happy to see them. So looking forward to that. Um, let's go back to Rachel and kind of get towards the big ending of this episode. Rachel has one uh, one of her own little monologues here, and uh, she's talking about how, same thing, kind of as Quinn started off, uh, on, the, if on my first day at the school, you asked me what I would have wished uh, my life would look like on my last day, this would have been it. Prom queen, marrying the quarterback, show choir national champion, on my way to Broadway to study uh, Broadway itself. All my dreams have come true, but why am I so sad? I guess because in real life, dreams are more complicated than they are in our imaginations. Uh, I can't go there without Kurt. It would just be weird. I used to think Broadway was uh, my one and only love. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was just... That was the plan, and she's like, I can't bring Finn to New York. He'll be reminded of his rejection every day, so I've decided uh, I'm going to defer my application, my acceptance to Niata for a year, and I'm just going to go next year. So this I'm is actually stupid. thankful for this whole mess. This is fucking stupid. You're going to spend an entire <laughs> year helping Finn and uh, Kurt get into Niata or whatever the hell. You're going to waste an entire year of your life helping other people move forward. What are you going to do? You think that, oh, oh, well, you know, as uh, an accepted Niata student, I can do everything in my power to make sure that they also get it. Bitch, you're not on the admissions board. <laughs> if anything, you're probably not even going to make it in next year because of all the shit. You mean to tell me that you left all those voicemails on Carmen Thibodeau's fucking phone, made her come all the way over to your little, little wrangly ass little national championship, and then you defer your admittance? She's fucking crazy. It's called love. (laughs) It's called stupidity. And it's, I mean, she's talking about like Kurt and Finn, but I mean, I think she would uh, specifically just be talking about Finn here. She, uh, she wants her man with her. And if her man's not coming, that's, uh, that's all she wants. She's at the end of the day, she's been chasing after Finn. She's an idiot for this. (laughs) And I don't feel bad in saying so in the slightest because we have been leading up to this moment for the past three years. You finally get what you want after going through hell and back to get it. And you're going to give it up. Like, you don't have to break up with Finn. Blaine and Kurt are still staying together. Finn has to figure it out. And you you can't hold his hand through this. Finn has to figure it out for his fucking self. Let him do that. You take your ass over to Broadway if it's the last thing that you do. Because I'm not about to sit here and have to go through another year of you talking about getting to Niata when your ass already got accepted. She pissed me off. She really did. She's not getting my gold. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. So Rachel is uh, is planning to defer, uh, but she doesn't quite realize what's going on in the universe of uh, of Finn at the moment. We'll uh, we'll see Finn pick Rachel up. He's in his suit. She's wearing a not the dress she's getting married in, right? She's wearing a, a dress. Um, she's ready for the wedding. He starts driving away and she's talking about how her dads are being kind of weird about the wedding. But, you know, uh, she she also starts to realize as they're, uh, they're driving that they're not going the right way. They arrive at a train station 
she's like, come on, we're going to be late. Like, why are you, why are we here? What, what's this about? And he's like, no, we're here. Uh, we're, you are on the 425 train to New York. Your dads are going to meet you there and they're going to help you look at dorms at this, uh, at the new school. And Rachel's like, I have all year to go look at it. What are you talking about? I'm not getting on that train. And Finn says, you're going in the fall. You're not deferring. We're not getting married. Dang. Well, just after I got done, you know, ripping her to shreds, uh, Rachel, well, not Rachel Mercedes, but Leah Michelle, and we know how I feel about giving her compliments nowadays, but she acted this scene so well. Like, she was devastated. Oh, she could not believe that not only was she not being driven to her wedding, but she was being driven away from her boo thing. Like, he literally had to break up with her to send her on her way. And I'm like, thank you, Finn. Thank you for doing this because she wasn't going to do it. It's a shame that she wasn't going to do it. And I'm glad that he was like, you know what? You're not doing this for me. You're not about to waste a year of your life doing what exactly? Like, what are you? Like, I need her to think about this thoroughly. What exactly do you think that you are going to do to help these two? What exactly? You are not a trained professional, Rachel. You're not going to, like, whether they get up in that class and up in up into that school is entirely up to them. And a bit of it is out of their control. It all depends on the other people that are applying to the school. If they get beat out again, then what, Rachel? Then what? You have wasted an entire year. So the fact that Finn was like, look, you're getting on that train. You're going to New York. You're going to Broadway. You're going to be a star. That is what you have been saying before me. It's what you'll be saying after I'm gone. It's what you need to be focused on right now. That's how much I love you because I'm not about to let you waste a year of your life trying to help me out. I'm going to go off to the army. I'm going to, you know, do what I can about my dad's dishonorable discharge. Although I really don't. I, I, that's a whole other conversation. But I just appreciate <laughs> the sentiment. I really do. Because somebody had to slap some sentence into her or she was going to make the stupidest decision of her life. Even worse than sending that girl to that crack house. <laughs> He's telling her he wants to marry her so badly that he just can't go through with it. The thought of him holding her back is just going to make her sick. And she's pleading, like, come with me then, or I'll come with you. I'll figure this out. And he's like, no, he's already thought this through. I'm not doing this. And she starts to realize that he's essentially breaking up with her. He calls it setting her free. She's having, like, a meltdown here. He's like, do you know how hard this is for me? Do you know how many times I've cried about this? And she says, no, I'm not going. I'm not going without you. Uh, as Amon just said, like, he's talking about, like, I'm going to the army. This is uh, my plan now. And she's even freaking out even more about that. Like, not only are we not getting married and you're sending me to New York right now today. And I, I did not know I had this little time. You're going to the army. Are you kidding me? No way. And Finn is trying to really just calm her down. And he says, you know what we're going to do? Uh, we're going to surrender. I know how hard that is for you because of how much you hold on to things. But we're going to sit here right now and we're just going to let go. And the universe is going to do its thing. If we're meant to be together, then we'll be together. Uh, whether it's in a little shoebox apartment in New York or on the other side of the world. Okay. Uh, I love you so much. And they just, they, you know, well, she says that she says, I love you so much. He says, I love you too. And this is just a breakdown as we're going to go into the final number of the episode roots before branches. Corey thoughts on all this. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what Aman was saying. I just wish she could have been like a strong independent woman instead of having to like get permission for like have Finn be the hero in the situation where he's like giving her permission to do all of this. Like, this is something that was her dream all along. And I just wish she would have from the jump been like, no, I'm still going. No, I'm, st I'm still going to chase my own dreams. I, I, 
<laughs> just wish it would have been framed more like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's. Uh, this is this is a big moment. Like I don't think in my wildest expectations that I ever expected the season to end this way. And I remember having like a very big reaction to seeing this happen because it's like you you think of a million different possibilities of how it's all gonna go. And I feel like personally, this was never on my radar that he was gonna drop her off at the train station and we were gonna end like this is years and seasons of buildup to Finn and Rachel being together and we end the this era of the show with them not being together and her go like I get it I totally get how they you know the writers decided to go with this where uh Rachel you have dreams bigger than me you need to go do this and I get how this all played out I just it really wasn't on my radar I don't know if I'm alone on that but it just wasn't this is a I mean this is this is good this is good you she gets to sort of shed I mean, she's kind of doing what Quinn told her to do in the beginning. Like, you might mm-hmm. want to think about having to move on without without him. And not even just without Finn, but, like, you're going to have to... In order to become the person that you are seeking to become, that means that you're going to have to lose things along the way. And lose loss is not always bad. And so she's, she's able to go into this without this relationship sort of, like, dragging her down. And I don't mean to say dragging you down in a negative way. I just mean it's... It's weight that you don't need to care that you don't need to carry right now, and that's a good thing. So move, go to New York, you know, do the things that you said that you were going to do before Finn was even in the picture. Like this was your dream, and you're you're finally here to do it. I like the fact that all of the kids came to see her off. Sugar was so adorable in this entire season, just like I so, loved. Sugar. She was so supportive of Rachel the whole time. <laughs> Um, so I, I like this scene. I kind of wish that more of the seniors got their moment, but whatever. It's the Rachel Berry show. But I I appreciated the scene and seeing her get off that train and go into Manhattan and, you know, sort of take it all in. And Although there was a bit of a plot hole here because in the car, Finn's like, you're about to like make a whole career there and you haven't even set foot in the place. So it's like, newsflash, you were just there last year. Yeah, so. you were, right? It was really weird. Exactly. So I don't know what that was about. But yeah, so Roots Before Branches is going to be our final number here, as Amon said. Uh, everybody's here to say goodbye. Rachel and Finn share one more kiss before boarding the train. Uh, not just the kids. Emma and Will are there as well to, to send her off. Uh, she looks out the window as the train is leaving, and she sees everybody waving goodbye, including Sugar being extremely extra and over the top, which I loved. Um, Finn is looking so sad. He runs along with the train as it takes off and eventually train's going to be a little faster than you, buddy. Uh, And he falls behind. And then we see Rachel walking the streets of New York as the episode comes to an end. Just Rachel and her little pink suitcase. So that is our finale episode. It is uh, we've said goodbye. And any further storylines with any of these characters are going to come in the new new era. I keep saying era, but the new era of the show. Um, This is also... Amon, the last episode in which Rory is going to appear as a main character, or um, I I, I think he comes back as part of a a dream sequence, I think I was reading uh, later on, but his last appearance and also the last episode that Quinn and Emma are part of the main cast, so truly entering a new phase. Yeah, Quinn's out of here. Mercedes is kind of out of here for the most part. Mike Chang is out of here. Rory is getting deported. We're still gonna see Sugar. We're still gonna see Joe, but yeah, we're we're losing a lot of we're losing a lot of uh iconic characters. So this is like the first real shift um, that we're experiencing in the show, and it's gonna kind of change the atmosphere of not only the show but for this podcast as well. 
Oh, don't get so depressing on me. <laughs> it's not depressing. There were, it felt a little sad. Uh, Corey, there was a note on the Glee Wikipedia page, which we always uh, check the little trivia section they have. It got some fun facts every once in a while. They said that apart from Leah and Corey, the rest of the cast did not get the last couple pages of the script and did not know about the Finchel breakup. Uh, does, that, does that surprise you in any way? Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. That seems, that's just, okay, that's just even more annoying. It's like... Oh, Rachel and Finn are going to break up, but let's not tell the rest of the cast as if the rest of the cast is supposed to be, as if all of these characters are supposed to be that interested in them breaking up. Like, half of them didn't even want to go to the wedding in the first place. So it's just like, <laughs> Ryan Murphy is just, he's, it's all about Rachel it's not and like, nobody else. Like, ugh. It's not like someone was dying. Right. It's like, like what kind of reaction <laughs> did you want them? Like, Diana Agron's probably like, can we just get this shit over with so I can get on with my career, please? Like, this is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, so that's that's it. That's the end of the episode. Uh, we're going to get into, of course, our segments to close out this episode, which, Corey, uh, we are going to start off with picking our favorite songs from the episode. So Aman will run us down the favorite or sorry, not the favorite. Yeah, all the songs from this episode. We'll pick out our favorites. So Aman. Forever Young, Mr. Shoe. I'll remember Kurt and the New Directions. You get what you give. The New Directions Seniors, In My Life, The New Directions Underclassmen, Glory Days, uh, Puck and The New Directions, and then Roots Before Branches, Rachel Berry. All right. Corey, kick us off here. What was your favorite song, favorite number from this episode? I think my favorite one was actually uh, Roots Before Branches at the end. I, I liked the like cinematic feeling of the the that whole last sequence with her doing that song um made me want to listen to the louder album i was happy with it you know as much as i like i said that like i don't really fuck with leah michelle and her pop voice they did something in that studio with that album i liked i liked a few of those songs too <laughs> it's got some bangers mm -hmm. but yeah that that was my favorite one yes Amon, what was your favorite this episode don't give up you got the music in you Yes, you get what you give. It's definitely my favorite of this episode. <laughs> Mine is also going to uh, match up with Corey's. Roots Before Branches is uh, far and away my number one song of this episode. Rachel kills it. And uh, this is got to be top five uh, Rachel songs for me overall. So um, I'm sure we'll revisit that when uh, I know you wanted to do a podcast for like each character or something like that. We haven't really worked out details or anything like that, but I'm sure we'll get to that at some point when we're done with the episodes. Um, Corey, I also wanted to ask you, uh, outside of this episode, outside of whatever, you can even talk about songs, you know, from later seasons, uh, what songs stand out to you that you remember as some of your favorite performances, even though you've only seen the whole show once? Uh, Rachel, I have this right off the top of my head. Rachel and Mercedes, uh, Take Me or Leave Me is probably like my favorite song slash moment from the series as a whole. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> mashups, any, any mashups that stand out to you? The, the Katrina and the Waves, what was it? Walking on Sunshine and, um. Halo. Uh, Halo, yeah. That Diana Argon does that. I love it. Agron. Uh, a lot, there's a lot of good music in there. I, I again, I'm hoping that you go back and rewatch more and uh, give us some more of your thoughts along the way. That would be 
quite fun for all of us. Um, we're also going to give out a slushy rating, which is a scale from zero to five, including half slushies if you feel like it. Um, how many times would you slushy this episode? If it was a terrible episode, you would slushy it five times, five full slushies. If you thought it was a great, perfect episode, you would give it zero slushies. Usually, I uh, make the guests go first, but I think, Amon, maybe you should kick us off here so we can give Corey a better idea of like kind of the, where we are on the scale of things. The Nationals episode was stronger, in my opinion, to the finale. And for that moment alone, I cannot give it zero slushies. While it's obviously a great episode, it's the season three finale. It's like the last episode of the of the original New Directions all being together. It just didn't hold the same kind of punch that the other one did. But I will be kind and give it a 0.5 slushy rating. All right. So a half a slushy from you. And I'll, I'll also just go... Uh ahead here and I I feel similar to, similarly to you I feel like we're always pretty critical of the finale episodes you want them to like hit it home and you know just really knock it out of the park mm-hmm. and they did a lot of good things here um, I don't like the lack of you know giving all of the characters their time like the fact that right. we like did Santana's mom have to come in here and uh, you know take up time in the very last episode like the Bert and Kurt thing we couldn't have kind of wrap that up a little bit sooner like not that I didn't like it or anything but I feel like it should have been all seniors and all the kids just interacting with each other and there was a couple of moments that just didn't you know it didn't catch me in the way that I would have hoped to and the music I mean it's okay but it's nothing that stands out to me the only song in this group that I regularly go back to is Roots Before Branches so I'm actually going to end up giving this a one full slushy uh, for this episode. So, Corey, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I was right there with you, uh, especially like you were saying, as far as this being like one of the last moments with the like original New Directions and for them to take moments away from people like Mercedes um, and others that I thought should have had a moment. I mean, I definitely agree and I'd give it one slushy. Um, there, there was, it was a lot of Finn singing, and I, I think we could have, yeah, given the spotlight to a couple of the other original members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, like, Finn's segment got so drawn out. Like, not only did we get him, like, getting a song sung directly to him, he got so much time with him and Rachel. He got the entire segment with uh, with his mom. Like, there was so much Finn. You could have given a little bit of that to anybody else, specifically Mercedes. But uh, as Amon said, Ryan Murphy and his favorites, they uh, <laughs> rear their ugly heads. So... What are you going to do? Um, we're also going to give out a gold star for any character, Corey, that you think was uh, for any reason at all. Uh, you just give out one gold star to a character in this episode that you feel has earned it in any way, shape or form. But Amon, why don't you kick us off again? Do you know? I think you know where your gold star is going. I feel like you've been talking about it. Mine is going to go to Finn, uh, mainly because of what happens in the end of the episode. Um, I think you have a point, Corey, when you said that. Rachel sort of like didn't, you know, really work with her own agency in making the decision to go to New York. But in but in terms of like Finn's side of it, I like the fact that he was like, you know what? No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Like, I I the fact of the matter is, I really didn't put too much work into this application until until it was too late. You know what I mean? You and Kurt have sort of been, and more specifically, you Rachel have been at this for so long. You've always wanted this. This has been your dream for so long, and at some point, I found out that me wanting to be an actor was my dream as well. 
but I didn't. I found out a little bit too late, and it, I had to pay the price by not getting into the school that I wanted to. I was focused on football for half of the school year, then I focused on the acting the second half, and it just didn't land me the thing that I wanted, and I'm not about to let you throw your shit away because of the fact that you want to help me out. So I have to figure this out for myself, and I don't want to drag you down with me. So I really, this is what I was talking about earlier, Matt, when I was talking about I think I have an episode for Finn, and watching it, I... Uh, I I still I still think I'm going to give it to Finn because I just I like that quality in people when they will not allow themselves to come in between something that someone else really really wants. I think that, that takes a lot of um emotional intelligence to just sort of know when it's time to step back and let things happen as they should. So I admire that quality and I think it's a quality that Finn's always kind of had. He's always been able to sort of like step back and be like, "Come on guys, let's Let's focus on the real issue here. And, you know, he's a, he's, he's a captain. And he was being a captain for Rachel right now. Yeah. Well, 22 episodes in for this season three, we are getting Finn finally on the board with his first gold star. If that tells you how much we uh, appreciate Finn along the way. But, yeah, it sounded <laughs> like you knew this was coming for a while. So uh, there's Finn's first gold star of the season. Corey, where are you feeling uh, to give out a gold star here? Um, I definitely think after watching the episode back uh, – the moment that kind of stuck out to me, it happened right there at the beginning when Kurt was kind of reflecting on his trajectory of his high school career. And I really did like the moment that they gave him kind of saying again, how he paved the way for baby gays. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I thought it was nice. I thought it was important. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I think I, I gravitated a lot toward Glee because it was set in like a small Midwest town. Um, and I think that was one of the reasons why I love the show from the beginning is, like I said, it just gave representation to a lot of people that I don't think necessarily had it on TV screens or in high schools. Um, so I, I really appreciated that moment. I'm glad they gave it. I'm glad they kind of showed um, two other gays, like younger freshman gays or whatever they were in that same scene. Um, it just made me happy. <laughs> so I'll give Kurt a star for that. Thanks for paving the way. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's uh, keeping Kurt in the mix here. Kurt definitely already has gotten some stars this season, um, but it was kind of early on. And I feel like they kind of have not given him the season that they did last time around. They gave a lot of other characters time to shine and it kind of hit him in the background along the way. But um, I do agree that this was a good episode for him. It was nice to wrap up his story. And I mean, not the way that it ended particularly especially since he did not get into his school but you know it's not the end of the world uh in terms of like long term it gives him a lot of room to still you know you're still invested in what's going to happen to kurt at the end of the season and we'll find out you know with plenty more time with chris colfer on the show so uh kurt getting Corey's gold star and mine is going to a different senior that has not been mentioned yet uh if you were sick of me talking about this person then uh you're in luck because again they're not around a whole lot going forward but mine is going to be uh going to quinn uh quinn i also appreciated her wrap up here as sad as i am that it is her wrap up uh for the series or not really you know again she still has a little bit more but it was you know all, all good things here as she's trying to help Puck in his final hours of, you know, is he going to graduate? Is he not? Uh, a nice moment with Sue, you know, getting uh, the last minute connection in with Rachel just to, you know, she got her that tr- uh, train ticket to say, like, you have to come visit me. I want to make sure that we are still friends. And this is coming from a girl who has made it clear that if she leaves people behind as she goes forward in her college life, that's not the end of the world to her. You know, she's like, I've made these memories and I've had these fun times, but there are going to be things that have to get left behind if I want to move forward. And 
Rachel, you know, apparently their connection has grew strong enough after Rachel literally told her in the last episode how much she means to her. And Quinn is making sure that she's not going to let Rachel go. She's not going to let Puck go. And she's giving Rachel and Finn their support for the wedding. It's just, again, she's been through so much this season, but we're ending on a good note for her. So I'm going to give her one more gold star to finish out season three. And that's it. Aman, we're done. I know. I can't believe it. We did it. <laughs> The only thing that I'm so still sad. like burning my ass is the fact that I almost made it by giving almost everyone a gold star, but I fucked it up and gave it to Rory twice. But oh well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it in the uh, season three wrap up. But yeah, Aman uh, was really hoping that he was giving out as many different unique gold stars this season, and uh, then looked back one day, found out that Rory was on there twice. So uh, what are you gonna do? The uh, the the green man has. Uh, has is making his mark in the choir room. Uh, that's all we have for this episode. Thank you so much for coming on, Corey. Thank you for having me. This was a, a delight. <laughs> we really hope that you'll come back on. Uh, are you actually potentially maybe going to watch some more episodes? I definitely think I am. That's great. Yay. We have uh, many episodes of this podcast if you're looking for anything to uh, <laughs> accompany it. I'm like, what else is there to do right now? I'm just stuck indoors. Exactly. Is there like what do you what are we all watching on TV right now? I mean, Drag Race is on every Fridays, but other than that, I'm like the challenge is still I, on. I I rewatched Survivor China. I rewatched Big Ooh. Brother season ten. I'm rewatching Big Brother six right now. I watched all of Pose. Very busy. Oh, I need to catch up on Pose. I haven't seen any of season two. It's great. It d- definitely has a couple glee moments with singing. Yeah, that's what people kept kept saying. They're like it's really glee now. I'm like, well, it is Ryan Murphy, so. Yeah, it did. I the funny thing is, I just rewatched it, and it felt I definitely had <laughs> glee memories <laughs> as I was watching some of the episodes. If you're just finishing a Big Brother Ten watch, I assume that you have your fingers crossed for a uh, Dan return this summer. Uh, Big Brother Ten is so good. I mean, the cast, the all of the women on that season were all like strong players. I thought, how is it they've only brought men back from season ten when there were so many good female players on that season? I don't know. It's the age old question with them, isn't it? Right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So there's, I guess, some stuff out there. But hey, Glee is always good uh, for a rewatch, especially when you have such a fun podcast to go along with. And uh, yeah, so thanks everybody out there. Hopefully you have enjoyed this back half of season three episodes. Uh, still plenty more time to come. As much as we get sad at the end of each season that we're kind of at the end, there's still plenty more to go. So uh, you're not getting rid of us just yet. Um, Aman, what else? Uh, we have we do have a review, but if you want to uh, plug all of our other stuff before we before I find that. And of course, actually, no, Corey, let me start with you. Uh, where can people find you, your podcast and all that stuff? Um, I'm at Corey Cool everywhere online. It's K-O-R-E-Y-K-U-H-L. Um, and my podcast that I do with my best friend is called Psychobabble. It's out on new episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, all those good places. Awesome. Yes, definitely be checking all that out. Aman, where can people find us? You can find us at The Choir Room on Twitter. You can find us individually. I'm Adam on Adwin. Matt is at Matt Lagori. Make sure that you're leaving us any star ratings and reviews. We'll make sure to read them aloud on the podcast. I think we actually have one right now. You want to go ahead and read it? 
Yes, I found it. We uh, we have a review from uh, here's the username, and we're not going to judge this username because uh, they left us a very nice review, but I don't understand it. Ready? So it's B A J U X Y G X B D B W B W U D. Can anyone oh. pronounce that? I, I tried, but just you spelled too fast. <laughs> That's my review. <laughs> Um, I would love to know if this is supposed to mean anything or if we just smashed the keyboard and made an iTunes account. Uh, either way, the review was titled Perfect. It says, I just watched Glee about a month ago for the first time, and I've been on a Glee high ever since, so I'm happy I heard Matt plug this podcast on Renap. It's exactly what I needed to keep consuming Glee content. Love it. So thank you to BAJ. No, I'm not going to keep going with that. Uh, thank you for that <laughs> review. And uh, anybody else, of course, if you have any ratings or reviews to throw our way. We love and appreciate it. And we'll read it out loud on the podcast. So that's truly all we have for this episode. Thank you one more time for Corey uh, to Corey for coming on. Check all of that stuff out. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. And we will see you guys in season four, Aman, or kind of still. No, we still have another episode wrapping up season three, whatever. Yeah, we'll have a wrap up. But after the wrap up, we'll see you in season four. It's a really, really exciting season. It's the first season of Glee that I watched live in full um, the freshman year episode for Rachel and other people and it was my freshman year in college I think the same for Matt so very very cool very exciting is that it <laughs> oh yeah we'll see you in season 4 bye guys <laughs> I